0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm here, not with Skip. He's he's gone again, but of course we've got Andrew Barry, IPB Pro, and Nate Spear. I gotta say, IPB Pro as well, guys. We're joined yes. again by Chase Irons, the as as uh, vigorous Steve said, the only bodybuilder streaming on YouTube. So go over there Monday through Friday. You can hang out with Chase and uh, check him out. Guys, we're uh, we're back. We're gonna just nail through a bunch of a bunch of questions today. Is that cool by you guys? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right. So I, I do want to mention to um, our sponsor, True Nutrition. They are sponsoring a contest. So uh, anybody who's entering a question, we are going to enter you into a raffle at the end of the month. I'm going to take all these questions and use a random generator to pick one lucky viewer and you're going to win a three pound bag of protein from true nutrition the prizes will change from month to month but that's where we're starting so i i wish everybody good luck and um without even knowing where we're going to start with this i'm just going to randomly grab the first question that comes up at least i think i am let's see what we got here all right question for the next episode hip flexor question and we can we can rattle through these quick if you guys want to if you don't have a lot to say then we'll just move on to the next one because we are not going to run out uh, he says i injured my hip flexor a month ago doing Astograss high bar squats and it's just not healing do you recommend bpc 157 or tb 500 uh, this injury is making me depressed and it sucks anybody's yes. welcome to join in or jump yeah. in here. Do, do do a milligram
1: a day for 10 days and then cut it back to like 250 micrograms. And uh, I think I told you guys before, I, I use it almost daily anyway, just as a preventative thing. Man.
0: What about you, Chase? We haven't heard anything uh, on, on your thoughts on peptides yet so far.
2: I mean, I've, I've never used either one. I've heard a lot of stuff about it, but personally, I've never actually, uh, you know, gone down the path of, of trying either one. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when, you know, he asked was, you know, what are you actually doing though, to try to heal it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, uh, you know, with regards to using those, I mean, I would probably err to, uh, Andrew's answer there and give that a try. If, if it's something, you know, if you're already doing whatever else he can to, uh,
3: try to heal it, you know?
0: Right on. Nate, have you had any experience with BPC or TB?
3: Yeah. Yeah, actually it works great. Um, I actually used it too for uh, my gyno surgery just to speed up the healing process. Remember Andrew and that, that actually helped a lot. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. And then he didn't really say much, but I mean, I'm, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that he's out of the gym and like resting because a lot of guys, you know what I mean? It's like we were talking about just previously, it's hard for guys to stay out of the gym, right? So maybe he's trying to work around it. He's trying to push through it. You know, sometimes you just got to rest, man, taking a whole week mm-hmm. off. I know it sounds lame, but that's how you get through stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, and, and changing up your training style, you know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, he might want to lay off the squats a little bit and hit the leg press, something that's a little bit easier on his hips or, you know, maybe a hack squat, you know what I mean, and rotate it in. Um, that's Training is going to change over time. So sometimes there might be something that might bother you and you might have to change that up a little bit, you know what I mean? So
0: Yeah. We've got one in the live stream here from Brian. He says it's actually uh Brian Shaw. Is it <laughs> no, he couldn't. The real? Be. Well, I, he is technically the real Brian Shaw. Brian J. Shaw. I've met Brian,
2: Brian Shaw before. You know they're, they're,
0: this Brian Shaw? Or the 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 big one. Okay. Where'd you meet yeah, Brian Shaw at?
2: Um I we worked at the Redcon 1 booth uh, together for the Olympia in 2019. No kidding. I hear he's a really yeah, he's, nice guy. He's super nice. Yeah, super. I couldn't believe he would just take pictures with every single one of us like no questions until it was time to eat. Then everybody <laughs> left him alone. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, this Brian Shaw says what's an exercise that you guys absolutely hate to do? yet brings great results, i.e. something you might not choose, yet your coach or training partner um, always programs it or loves it. Um, Personally, I hate hack squats, but they build my legs better than anything
3: else. Walking lunges.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) First thing that
2: comes to my mind is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is what Andrew said about the split squad of death. Like yeah, that's a rough, that's a brutal They're one. Rough. <laughs> They're rough. Um, but yeah, they are effective.
0: Yeah. I would say, you know what? Bench press, barbell bench press has never been my jam. I, I've gotten better at it when I go lighter and I start using like a lot of control, hard squeeze at the top three second negatives, pause at the bottom. But when I just tried back in the day, everybody wanted to bench press and I just was like, yeah, my shoulder is fucking hurting like nothing else, you know? And I didn't get a pump either. So there was that.
2: (laughs) I know I miss doing bench press. Like I don't do it anymore (laughs) because I'm just scared of it more than anything. Do you? Yeah, same here.
0: You're in Chicago, right? Yeah, Do you ever go to uh, um, quads?
2: Yeah, that that's where I go. Yeah,
0: you go to quads regularly. Lucky son yep. of a bitch. That's a good gym, man.
2: <laughs> it's it's a it's a museum of uh, equipment. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Have you guys been to quads, Nate and Andrew? Yes. No. No, you're a couple years back. You've mm-hmm. got to go there, Nate. You've got to see it. There's they literally. It's crazy. He has machines like like you, some areas you can't even walk through them because they're so close together. Mm-hmm.
1: You you've never been to like uh, Bev's though, have you, Scott?
0: I never have. No.
1: How about you? Or Jess? like Montanaris? No. No, I've never been there
0: either. No. Like, yeah, like, there's some
1: areas I, in Bev's where you gotta like get skinny to like get yeah. into to like get to the dumbbell rack because they just fit so much stuff, so much equipment
0: in there. That's cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say quads is probably. It's hard to say the best gym, but it's it's up there like top few best gyms I've ever been to. Yeah,
2: it's it's that's great. What, I love the atmosphere and I love how he's got people's like pictures and signatures all around like around the walls, like of everybody that's been there and, you know, competed or whatever. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I got to meet Ed, Eddie Cone there before. That was no kidding. Cool. Nice.
3: Sure.
2: Yeah, he was training somebody there. was well, cool.
0: Andrew, yeah. did you give us one uh, the exercise that you hate? I said abs. Like, oh, abs. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm
1: gonna be honest. It is an afterthought. Like, I mean, like prep time. It's like it's gonna happen three times a week. Off season, it's like, yeah, I plan to do it twice a week, and it might get done once a week. But part of it is like, have you guys? Um, I know you haven't, Nate, but have you guys had hernia surgeries? I have not. No. Mm-mm. So, and I've talked to a couple of people that have had these, and I've had three of them, and. Um, like if you if you are too forceful, like right out of the bat, your whole abdominal, like just the whole wall cramps up and it like pulls your knees to like your chest. And it's so oh. weird to explain because like take like the hardest cramp you get in your hamstring or your calf and like put it in your abs. It's oh. it's weird.
2: Like I, I can't so I really even describe it more than What's that? I do get I do get terrible ab cramps if I haven't trained them oh. for a while. Yes. Like they'll, yeah. It'll yeah. be like they, they'll like lock up. Like if, if I do abs last, like I like to do them first because if I do them last and I leave to walk to my car, sometimes they'll lock up as I'm walking to my car, and I'll just have to like stand there like this and yes. just be like, oh my god.
1: Yeah, you, 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 you gotta like like you said, you gotta stand there and like try to move your shoulders back. and yeah. like you want to stretch. Yeah. It
2: out. it's the most uncomfortable feeling, and it, sometimes it lasts. It's lasted for me. for maybe Like I have some underlying hernia issues. <laughs>
0: So I had that happen one time. I was I trained, ate all that, got ready to go. Then my girlfriend and I went to go see a comedian, and we were like right down in front. And I was At times, look kind of a little bit of a bigger guy, and we're, it just starts up, and my abs are cramping, and I'm trying to sit like this. <laughs> oh, Realistically, yeah, yeah. all I wanted to do was like just stand up and put my my hands over my head, you know, and like that would have been the last thing to do when you're right down in the front in front of a community. You would have been yeah. part of the joke. Exactly. It would have, yeah. <laughs> Especially if I started telling him I'm, I got a cramp, bro,
3: you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Rolly Winkler had it on stage actually happen? Ooh, That's, that's exactly gone. what oh, I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oof. I
1: don't know how he stood there and, and stayed in poses yeah, right. like, that.
2: Yeah. It, it's all didn't it happen to Cedric as well and he just like Oh yeah, I, I I oh,
3: yeah, swear yeah. one
2: of his did and he he it didn't even look like it fazed him at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pro (laughs) That's
0: nuts. Um, All right. What else do we got here?
2: Oh, you know what? I was going to ask you to
0: one other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, Chase and I were talking about TRT and I started I wanted to tell you guys something, too. So I I was having I was getting like some random side effects. I started getting like weird libido issues, got all my levels checked and all like my basic stuff looked normal. And I thought, to my, and I couldn't fix it. And I was like, oh, you know, my estrogen is high. I'll try to lower that down a little bit, see what happens. And I was like, no, that's not really doing anything. Sometimes if I had some DHEA, that'll help. If it didn't do anything. I was like, well, maybe I could use some more interest, intertesticular testosterone. I had some HCG. And that didn't help. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just scrap this whole thing. And I'm going to come off everything for a few weeks. Because something is up higher than I want it to be. And I bet you if I just come off everything, everything's going to come down, which it did, and everything sorted itself out. But now I have to start TRT again. And I decided to go sub-Q every other day, and I'm going with uh, 20 uh, testosterone and 10 Masteron and Nethate. And I, I wanted to know if you guys have done anything like that, and I wanted to hear your experience chase because I know that you've got some t r. t. stuff that's not too dissimilar test wise yes, yeah,
2: so yeah well yeah, i mean that that's kind of what I'm doing right now um usually usually, when I come off cycle, I'll stop everything and not inject anything or do, you know, PCT drugs or anything like that. I'll just come off of everything for about four weeks and just let every, all my levels of everything just kind of come down, you know, let the half-lives, you know, run them, run their course. And uh, usually it's at about four weeks is when I'll reintroduce like a a TRT dose of testosterone. So for me currently, um, I use, uh, it's zero point, zero seven milliliters of, um, 250 milligram testing anthate every day. So it ends up being like a hundred, a half a milliliter a week. So,
3: um,
2: 125. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm really trying to keep everything like, like, like really natural so that I can try to give my HDL time to come back up. Cause I haven't, I haven't done this in a while. And, uh, I'm probably going to do it for a while just to kind of give everything some time to, you know, get back to, you know, as natural as possible um, for a bit just to heal as much as possible. But yeah, like, I mean, I've got, we're
0: getting the drugs out guys. We're getting the drugs out.
2: (laughs) So like I do this daily, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little baby shot. And um, yeah, I just, stab that into my butt cheek and uh I do that daily <laughs> but um yeah that's uh that's what I'm that's what I'm doing I plan on doing that for uh a little while um until uh so this is pretty much satisfied with my this, health
0: <laughs> this is like really brand new still so there's not really much to report yeah yeah
2: yeah I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks I mean everything feels you know normal I, I don't I don't feel uh any different, but that being said, like, I don't really feel much of anything from anything anymore. So, um, but yeah, I, I, so far I like it. I like that. Um, I don't have any, you know, like knots in the, not that I had knots in the muscle before, but it's just like, I feel like it's just so much easier because, you know, doing that small of a shot, I mean, it is a very, it is a very, very small shot you don't even feel it. You don't even notice it. There's no lump. There's no nothing. Um, But yeah, I was actually, I was planning on getting uh, blood work done tomorrow, but since I got COVID, I was like, that's, I know that's going to screw up up, like my inflammation levels and and just a bunch of other things. I'm like, damn it, I'm going to, let's put it off for another couple of weeks so that I can get, you know, healthy again and then see what things look like, get an accurate type of reading. So, uh, but yeah, I've been doing that and so far, you know, I really like it, so
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, I've never committed to sub Q small dosing like this. I mean, I've gone higher dosing on a regular basis, you know, uh, frequently, but never, never this low. So if I've done TRT, it's usually been like, hey, let me take that shot and then not have to think about it for several days. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate and Andrew, have either of you guys ever experimented with anything like this? I
3: haven't.
1: Um, As far as like going 125 mgs a week or doing daily sub-Q.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like the, the sub-Q angle of it.
1: No, I haven't. But I do think, I think I remember Dr. Scott talking about how um, he pulled up a study about how the sub-Q daily or every other day or whatever it was, was actually better in terms of um, raising your testosterone levels than uh, like the twice weekly, you know, larger bolus shots, uh, intramuscular even. So, yeah. Um, I, I think it was on a Muscle Minds episode, like
0: maybe last year at this time. Yeah, that sounds familiar. We've done so many; it's hard to remember. It sounds yeah. really familiar to me. So, and actually, yeah, um, was I was
1: going to say, Chase, I saw, um, I pointed. So, I uh, one of my clients didn't understand how to backload an insulin syringe, so I go on to you know YouTube and I typed in backload insulin syringe, and of course, your video
0: popped up. Oh, I saw that. So too. I sent it
1: to <laughs> yeah. him. Oh, but, but, so here is the kicker, though, because you were you. I think you prepare all of them for the week right like on a sunday yeah. or something because you had sure. like five or six of them in a cup my client's like so i'm doing that and i'm taking them all on the same day and i'm like
3: <laughs> that kind of defeats
2: the purpose right <laughs> yeah uh geez <laughs> yeah i get i get that a lot too like i think there's a lot of comments in that video where they're like so you just like spread those out in one day, or like you just like how do you do that? Like, no, guys, it's just one of them, one of them every day. But yeah, that's funny. It
0: is. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Chase. Is you what was that? What was that? L carnitine dose you talked about? Because speaking of muscle minds, Scott had, had oh, talked all about how you, the, the the whole L carnitine thing with with thyroid. That too much might be uh, harmful too little or excuse me if you're if you're using too much it may suppress your thyroid if you thyroid it doesn't, is low, suppress, suppress it doesn't suppress well suppresses
1: suppresses t3's action on the cells. so it, it has no effect on the thyroid but it suppresses the action of t3 Thank interacting you. with the receptor at the cell level versus <laughs> if your
0: levels are low then using some uh l-carnitine may be beneficial thanks for clearing that up by the way andrew so Chase you said you were using like what like a gram you've never seen you said you'd never seen issues with your thyroid um you always felt like you were getting like good support or whatever and you've used like a gram a day of L-carnitine
2: uh, it was a little more than that but it just, i uh <laughs> i don't i don't recommend it cuz num- number one it's a lot of pinning um but i took it as far as <laughs> I took it as far as three point five grams per day. Holy shit. Um yeah. And it uh I, I kept getting results and my endurance and, and energy like in the gym was through the roof. Like the reason that I did it, the the reason that I tried it was um there's uh the the thing that got me on to L carnitine was learning how the Nike Oregon Project used it on their marathon runners and the amounts that they were giving their guys pre race. And that, that's one was thing. Was that oral
1: that, or inter,
2: was it oral or was it injected? They, they did IV. They did it IV, okay. actually. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, they found that, I mean, the more that they were using, the, uh, the more of an endurance benefit they got from it. And that. That's what really made me start pushing the doses. And it, it, the thing that was the limiting factor was all the injections. The and then, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was just, it sucked. Um, so I did that for about a week. But then there was a side effect that did appear. And it was a slight insomnia of hmm. all things. And, uh, like, I was literally, like, I would fall asleep for like two hours. And then I would wake up and I would just be like, Re- ready to go. And I was <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, this is weird. So I backed that way off. And um, I uh, I haven't used like, so I used it for a year straight daily, but the minimum dose that I ended up taking was about a gram a day. And I felt that it was uh, very beneficial at that kind of dose. Um, but yeah, I haven't used it since December. I kind of took a break from it um, since then, but I feel like it's, it's a very beneficial product and um, especially with like my mood, like that was probably yeah. the biggest thing, was just enhancing, enhancing my mood and just like, it was really weird, like I, I remember one time like very vividly, I was, I was walking to the gym and I was filming, you know, a, a video talking to the camera and I was just like, I feel really fucking good right now. Like, this is great. And, uh, yeah, I was just, that, that was one of the, you know, first few days that I was using carnitine. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't recommend it cause it is a ridiculous dose. Um, and it is a lot of a lot of uh, pinning of water and you're going to be sore from that alone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You're,
0: you make your hmm. own too, right?
2: I do. Yeah. So that that's uh, that's another thing is um, I homebrew my own carnitine and that is uh, it makes it doable. <laughs> so.
0: So how are you like what's the, the concentration of that?
2: So I make my own at 600 milligrams per milliliter okay yeah yeah
0: so it's Um, still it's still a lot we're talking a lot of if i was yeah if i was going to do three grams of
2: it yeah it's still still five milliliters of that stuff but yeah i mean after after that's you know stunt i kept it to about a milliliter and a half to two milliliters and that's not too bad Huh.
0: You know, I noticed because um, I've been using it and it, it I feel like I get some cognitive benefit from it. It cleared up a lot of the like the long COVID fog for me. And then I, I got mm-hmm. the oral as well, acetyl carnitine. And I started using that and I found because there's some days I just don't want to take a shot. And I found I still get the benefit from the acetyl carnitine, too. Obviously, I'm not getting as much, but I think it's already loaded. So mm-hmm. there's that benefit. Yeah, it is, yeah I mean, loaded. that makes
2: sense. Like, you'd, yeah, you'd already be loaded and. I mean, really, when it comes down to the powder, like, I mean, what, it's 10% bioavailable, but it, or so, you know, you take 10 grams of it, you're getting a thousand milligrams that way, you know?
3: Yeah.
1: The, the only problem I see with running it that high is, well, I mean, if you look at like in research, what it's used for, like when you have thyroid storm yeah. in the hospital, they're, they're going to give you an IV, uh, a massive whopping yeah. dose. I can't remember what it was. Like I, a think a a it was like, I think
0: it's like a thousand. I think it's like a thousand.
1: Uh, I think it's more than that.
0: Is it okay?
1: A thousand thousand grams or milligrams? A
0: thousand milligrams. I thought. I thought that's what going said. No, I think more it's, than that. No,
1: I think it's close. I think it's closer to twenty thousand.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, because it'll it'll stop the thyroid uh, activity like in its tracks.
0: Yeah, yeah. That would be my fear too. You know. And while we were talking about all that, Chase had said, "Yeah, I used a ton of it, and he didn't feel it." Yeah. So it's like okay. It's well, yeah. I mean, definitely that, interesting.
2: I, I mean, I did that during my contest prep and, um, that was one of the things that was not advised by Jordan for the record. That was something that I was doing, uh, on my own for sure. But, um, I mean, I still, uh, got in shape. So you did yeah, say
0: know. now that I think about it, you, you were on uh, thyroid hormone, right? And did you yes. need to increase it when you took, were you increasing it, uh, as well? While you're
2: uh, on we, we no, we kept okay. we kept uh T three and T four at twenty five and a hundred um yeah okay. pretty much the whole time. So yeah.
0: Okay. Just interesting stuff. I don't have any answers here. Yeah, it is.
2: It, it'd be really <laughs> interesting to know like what exactly was going on, you know, with everything at uh you know the deepest level. But yeah, it's 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 definitely uh an interesting topic um you know, with everything that it does. All right,
0: I'll jump back into our questions here instead of sidelining us with my own topics and questions. has um, one he says, uh, just started two units of GH uh, every day to help with a shoulder tear that happened back in June of last year. Is that enough or would four to six be better as mentioned today? Uh, th- that's right. Skip was mentioning taking a higher dose, uh, 30 years old male. Uh, 12 years old 12 years natural training just started dipping my toes in the dark side after a year and after a few years of research cheers
2: so he's on two units more gh GDL. is always better yeah that was the and first 20 thing 20. that came to mind was like yeah. you can afford it do it
1: <laughs> well i mean i can tell you what being on two i use a day feels like just in general and i can tell you what being on 18 feels like, and it's completely <laughs> a day, you know, you literally feel like yeah. Superman from the minute you wake up full, full on pump. You're in, And you you almost like feel yourself burning body fat too. Like it's, it's pretty crazy versus like, 2 you're like, maybe you sleep a little bit better. Maybe get a little bit, you know, recovery, restorative effect. I don't think you're seeing much in the way of fullness at two units, you know, um, unless you're a super responder four yeah. to six. Yeah. In terms of healing is injury. Yeah. It's going to help you.
0: Yeah. And there's the other stuff too, BPC, and you know what helped me a lot was collagen. I feel like, cause, and my thought is too, is you, you're you going to need, so maybe you can synthesize collagen better, right? But I feel like the more raw materials you give it, the better off you're going to be. And plus, not to mention, I'm telling you what, um, I got back on collagen now. I just use a scoop every morning in my coffee and you can you can see the difference within like weeks my fingernails are growing faster like growth hormone my hair is growing thicker the consistency is, like everything's just i can tell that things that are soft tissue related they're definitely sped up they're improved all right what else we got here oh we already did this one that's what i get for jumping around and now i'm waiting cuz i have that spinning wheel there we go and the same question keeps popping up should we answer
1: differently this time (laughs) yeah i was hoping for a different answer
0: okay um if you guys are taking questions for the next show or for a future show i'd love to get your guys take on this obviously it's been said for decades that your first cycle would be your best cycle so don't waste it Some people say this is because you have virgin receptors, but other guys are more matter-of-fact and say it's simply because most guys are at their smallest muscle mass-wise before they start taking anything. So, of course, you're going to be able to grow more when you're smaller and you're starting your first cycle. Going with the first cycle will be your best cycle, so don't waste it theory. Do you guys think it would be a better idea to start off on the higher end of things, such as 500 milligrams of test with a few hundred milligrams of an anabolic, like DECA or EQ, in order to, quote, maximize your first cycle, or would it be better to stay smaller, say 300 milligrams of just test, and then gradually work up your way with future progress? Um, I've heard guys like Jordan Peters and Dante recommend starting out with 300 milligrams of just test for his first cycle. We'll leave it there anybody's welcome to jump in on this one
3: uh i mean i don't know i always have my guys, uh i was gonna say i always have my guys start at like 500 makes a test keep it basic see how they respond i mean i don't i don't necessarily think it's like the receptor thing i think it's what he said earlier was just like you know you, you're still small you don't have much muscle i mean it's like Obviously, you know, you, you let's say you have a rebound to 30 pounds of muscle. Well, you're never going to do that again, right? So it's it's one of those sort of things where you're only going to maximize your genetic potential to a certain extent. So let's say you put on 40 pounds of muscle, you know, in one year, you're probably going to only put on like a couple of pounds of muscle from there out if you're lucky. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily think it's a receptor issue. I think it's just, you know what I mean? You sort of maximize your genetic muscle potential. Um, and I, I don't know, for me, I... I my first cycle was I did 500 megs of test and a little bit of D ball and I put on like 30 pounds of muscle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm obviously I have decent genetics cause I'm an IFBB pro, but, um, so it's not gonna happen <laughs> to all guys, but, um, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't necessarily think the first best first cycle is the best cycle, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I would, I would definitely say, I don't think the first cycle is the best cycle. Um, I think there's a lot of things that, uh, You know like that can influence that for sure i mean if looking at you know say how much weight you actually gain on the cycle it it kind of i feel can very much depend on what were you doing before the cycle start like were you going deep into a, a cut and then you're at this point and then you start a cycle and you bulk up and rebound hard off of that and some people like to use that as like oh my cycle i gained you know Well, if that's the case, like I I gained 60 pounds this last cycle and I'm on year 12, you know, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I, I think it has, uh, definitely a lot to do, um, with where you're starting, you know, with regards to like your natural genetic potential for your first cycle. Um, and as far as like what I recommend people do um like my first cycle was five hundred test, and it was the most awful time ever <laughs> for me um and I am not an IFBB pro so <laughs> um it uh I basically just got all the side effects super bloated. Uh, my tits hurt and I got really bad acne <laughs> and my hair started falling out. So I don't necessarily <laughs> recommend that it was, uh, it, it's a good idea. And, and I don't even remember how much weight that I gained on it. Like it was just, it was just all miserable. Um, so what I typically like, it would be, it would be good to be able to work people up. Like if they can handle that, then absolutely. Um, I, I tend to start people on something like around what Jordan recommends, like a 300 milligram and titrate them up as needed, like whatever they can, you know, sort of handle. And if you start to experience something, then there's uh, the possibility of um, either backing things off a little bit or bringing in uh, something that's going to help with the, uh, the estrogen androgen ratio to prevent those typically estrogen side effects that start to come on by adding in like a DHT derivative like Masteron or Proviron or Primo um, and I would do that on a first cycle because I mean you know it's I don't, I don't know I don't really have much of a reason not to <laughs> but um, that's just me so um, but yeah I feel like you, you should try to use what you can handle comfortably um, and if that's 500 tests then yeah go for it for sure
1: I'm going to say a little bit different. Um, I actually like clients early on. Like I'll definitely start with something like three, four, 500 milligrams of test for their first cycle. But then after that, if they're like, okay, what do I do for my next one? For me, it's like, okay, you know, what can we get you? Because I think um, athletes should experiment with other types of anabolics because what might work for me and what I get positive results from and lack of side effects might not be the same thing for them, you know? Uh, like like Chase just said, a 500-milligram base cycle for him produced atrocious side effects for him. The, for most people, it might make them say, I don't want to do this anymore, whereas maybe he needed to do on that first cycle like a 250 test base and then some Primo or some other compound. So what I'm saying is I like for athletes, like let's say they're like, okay, we're going to do test and DECA for – you know the second cycle, and then we're doing test in EQ or test in Primo. I'm cool with that, with experimenting with things to find out which out of the repertoire of drugs work well for them versus me literally just saying you need to take this drug at this
2: milligram. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So we've heard. Yeah, I mean else something is- else. Oh, go ahead.
2: Something else I should mention is like when I was doing that 500 test for my first cycle, it was one injection a week. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like I, I definitely could have gone into it you know if I would have I, I probably would have been able to handle it a lot better if I was doing like daily injections and uh but yeah I should have definitely started with a smaller dose for for what I was my genetics
0: Andrew what was your I I want to, cycle and what, what did you gain from it
1: my very first cycle, I was like Matt Porter. My first drug I did was Trend because it's what very I could make. Kid, very, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Trend I only. was uh, I was eighteen or nineteen years old, and that's when I learned about component th and you know the bass killer sets that you can just buy online. And I just started making it, and then that's when I stupidly got the idea of like, oh, if I can make this, I can make that, and I started importing <laughs> raws and the other shit and started mass producing it and selling it, which is stupid. But um, <laughs> but yeah, my first that. cycle. (laughs) Yeah. My first cycle was uh, 180 milligrams of trend a week, no test base or nothing. Okay. And I think more than anything, and I know Scott talks about this a lot, the uh, placebo effect more Mm -hmm. than anything because, you know, I'm only taking 180 milligrams of trend, no test base. I I probably should have felt like shit, but I talked myself into feeling awesome. And I was playing college football at the time, and my my lists were just going up like every single week. And we were doing – Like, you guys know what the power clean is and the hang cleans? All right. So, like, you know, when I I graduated graduated. high school. (laughs) Okay. So, like, yeah. (laughs) But when I graduated high school, I could do, like, maybe 185 for a single. And by the time I was, like, maybe on my second cycle, I was hitting 315 for 4 or 5, which, you know, because that's a big lift in football is, like, your cleans. Like, we had a a very structured. It was, like, Monday was squats was your base lift. Tuesday was either a push press or, or a clean uh, Thursday was bench press, and then Friday was um, was either the hang or the push press again, something like that. So it was a very, you know, those were your lifts, and then you did like other lifts associated with it. And I just I made some massive strength gains just off of 180 migs a trend a week. Holy shit! How long did you I don't do recommend that
3: for? it? How long did you do that? <laughs>
1: Oh, I think, like, two years. No,
0: I'm just just kidding. Uh, First cycle. I was very, like,
1: I was very 10 weeks on, 10 weeks off then. Okay. uh, And then, like, you know, I didn't know anything. So, like, I had Clomid getting sent to my parents' house. And so I was, like, doing Clomid, thinking, like, oh, this is my PCT. It's working perfectly. You can talk. When you're that young, you can talk yourself into a lot of things, and uh, especially based off of what you can get your hands on, right? Yeah. So... It, it wasn't until like maybe a year and a half, two years into it that I realized, oh, I need to, I should throw some testosterone in here too. And I started, you know, started making that myself as well. So yeah, yeah.
0: I don't even remember the question. Oh yeah. So <laughs> it took me a minute. Should, what, what the, the thought then? So it sounds like we all pretty much agree though to, I, I don't think you, I think it's a mistake that people make when they're like that attitude of the first cycle is the most important cycle because those same people they start like building it up bigger and bigger and before you know it they're taking a gram that first time around you know they're
3: because like, this well, another is another thing it. too i don't i feel like this sort of goes with that too is like you know when people are like oh well you keep upping your dose and that's where you stay at it's like that's bullshit <laughs> mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, have you heard that? Like, oh, this is – once you get to that level, you can't go back. It's like, no, that's full yeah. bullshit.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, my, my biggest cycles yeah. were 10 years ago, and it was just like, <laughs> it didn't do shit. And then I got with Jordan, and Jordan had me, like – he cut my doses in half. And, uh, and like, we really weren't using much of it. Like, it was like 500 tests, uh, 400 NPP, and 300 Masteron was <laughs> – probably what we ran most of the time. And I was just like, I mean, I was so surprised, like, wow, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it worked very well. It worked just fine. Like I didn't, I didn't need to, you know, do things more than what I did in the past, which sometimes sadly was over 2.5 to three grams of gear, like an idiot. All
0: right. I'm going to grab this one here. What do we got? So this is from Dan. He says, Hey, guys, um, what's up? Got a question for the show. Wondered if any of you have had experience with injectable Helios, which is mixed at 40 micrograms of Clen and 5 milligrams of Yohimbine per ml. Um, Have run both of these separately in oral form, and they seemed to be good results um, while in a deficit. Wanted to know if any of you guys have tried the injectable and if they felt any uh, benefit over the oral.
3: Uh, If you can handle, actually, (laughs)
0: if if you
1: can handle the pain, then yeah, (laughs) the shit burns. I've never done it, but
3: yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but I didn't really notice too much of a difference, um, like between like just oral yohim So I would normally do oral yohimbine with like uh liquid clen or whatever you know what i mean and then i i mean i did the sub q injectable with like the amino asylum one mm. i didn't really notice that much of a difference i mean i was like sweating like a motherfucker but <laughs> other yeah. than that i mean it wasn't too much of a difference mm. yeah well, did it hurt no, when you did it? no nah, or that no no it didn't really, it didn't hurt at all no. hmm.
1: and you got no experience i'm trying to chase. remember what I'm trying to remember what yeah, brand. i that I used. never
2: tried injectable clen or yohimbine. I've taken it morally. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I'd never. I've heard of Helios, but I never really looked into it.
1: So, I think it was a Dan Duchesne invention. Honestly, hmm. uh, another another Dan, uh, uh, you know,
3: gift to the industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I will say I used. Uh, I, I tried some albuterol this last prep and that actually helped a lot with like cardiovascular wise, you know what I mean? Just like keeping like the oxygen or whatever. Yeah. Like you weren't like so out of breath, you know what I mean? It felt like a little bit easier.
0: I've got a script for that actually, like for four milligram. The doctor asked me, she was like, well, how much do you want? They have two milligram and four milligrams. I was like, Oh, I want the four. She's like, okay, we'll give it <laughs> to you written three times a day. It's very cheap too. I have literally bottles of it in yeah. my, in my oh. cupboard now. Oh. You there. ever
1: you ever used uh, formoterol? No. It's it's another chemical cousin of the albuterols and clenbuterols, and yeah. it's huh. it's similar. It's even more, uh, if I remember correctly, I used it once. It's like even more uh, selective for the beta uh, receptors.
0: No kidding. Huh. Do you yeah. do you remember the effect you got from it?
1: Um, I would say actually less fat loss than um the <clears throat> than the clen. But more, uh, better um, breathing effects for sure. Okay.
0: We got this comment. Where was this one at? This is from the, the episode with uh, John Dewitt. He says, uh, "No one is going to blast from a blast to a cruise and still gaining muscle."
1: Well, that if you're not if you if you're one of those guys that you're only on and I mean like on with your diet only on with your training when you're on cycle then sure that's the attitude you probably should have but if you're someone that's looking at every other variable I mean well let me give you an example look at Nate right here I mean he's a freak right now he's gaining he's off and you know what I mean like no one can say
3: you know what I mean that he's not gaining muscle right now because his nutrition yeah, is I don't buy bad. that oh, yeah yeah i think it's a cop out. sometimes than anything sometimes too like have you ever noticed like when you come off a blast and you go into a cruise like your appetite gets better it's almost like you're yep. you feel a little better you're not overall. toxic you know i mean it's not almost toxic like your training's like better yeah yeah right yeah. so i'm not saying like necessarily obviously you still got the effects from the blast but i mean some i think there's a lot of mindset you know what i mean like for me i always whenever i go into a crow's cruise, cruise i always try to train harder personally because i'm like i want to keep i want to keep these gains i want to keep progressing i know i don't have all this other shit in there you know what i mean and and so too like if you're cruising like for me usually my Tesla levels are at like 1300 like 1200 so yeah, cruising so like how can not, you you know what i mean
1: you're not hypogonadal
3: yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i think it's just a bad attitude honestly but then again he's he's vegan so i'm just gonna
0: point that out <laughs> yeah i mean vegan i said something to him about that <laughs> i said something about that to him i'm sorry I was really hungry. I had Victoria grabbed a bar for me. But I was like, honestly, man, it comes down to your diet and your training. No, all all respect to vegans, but I think it's going to be a lot harder to, say, be a, a guy Nate's size and do that all with plant-based protein. Just saying. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, vegans. I said it.
1: Well, like, let's look at it this way. How many vegan top 10 Olympias are, Olympians are there. Or even has there ever been a vegan that made the Olympia in the open class or even the 212s? I don't think so. So, I mean, it's not an exact study, but it's very anecdotal.
0: And at the end of the day, too, I think that, you no, know, you're not going to gain muscle like you would on cycle, and maybe people are looking at it that way. But realistically, say as a natural, how much are you going to gain? The naturals that I know that are advanced are looking at a good, solid – one to two pounds per year so it's not like you're gonna see five seven pounds over the next 12 weeks while you're off you know well, well let's use
1: what scott was talking about in the last muscle minds or maybe the time before about uh protein accretion and everything in terms of like how many grams you need to eat and how many grams you need to further growth if, what did he say if you're in a seven gram surplus a day Right? Isn't that what he was going with? Then yeah, I think so. It equated a, a certain amount of like 15 pounds of muscle per year. Okay, so if you're geared up and you're, let's say you're putting on seven pounds or seven grams protein uh, accrual a day, maybe you're down to three. Okay, well you're still in a net positive balance for amino acids and protein. You're still accruing. You're doing the muscle protein synthesis. Is it? Are you all gassed up? No, but the machinery is still working. What, what? Like why else train otherwise? You know, and why else? If, yeah. if if you weren't gaining or you weren't maintaining, at least at the very least, maintaining, why would anyone do anything when they're off cycle? You know what I mean? Why would anyone exercise? I think some people have
0: that attitude, <laughs> honestly.
1: That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't, I don't like that attitude, honestly, because like to me, it just tells me that in a way, you might just be addicted to drugs and you don't
2: have a real love for training. Yeah. yeah for real yeah. i mean that, that's what comes to mind yeah you're just yeah. an addict <laughs> i mean i think like all of us in this
1: podcast we're going to be training you know as long as we possibly can when we're done taking peds at a super physiological level like it's it's a recreational outlet that we all enjoy
0: you know absolutely right. Uh, another comment from last week said somebody. This is referencing uh, you, Chase. He says because we we're talking about um, your CT scan, Nate. And he said somebody posted they got a CT in Chicago. I think on the live. Where in Chicago?
2: Um, shoot. Where did I mean? It's 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 pretty easy to get. I mean, I you just. Oh man, I went to—I uh, believe it was Saint Joseph's Hospital um, n- on uh, near Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> if they're listening, um, but yeah, it was—it uh, was forty-nine dollars, and it was real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you Google, I mean, if you just Google Chicago and um, calcium score scan. It's it was called a self self um, self-referred calcium heart scan, hmm. and uh, yeah, it was very very simple to do. The only their only requirement was that you had you had to have a uh, a doctor uh, a PCP. Um, he didn't need to order it for you, but you needed to have that so they could send the results to him. And he could interpret it for you. That's so. cool.
0: Look at that. Chase is getting questions <laughs> on our show when he wasn't even <laughs> on our show. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Another one. Okay. So this was something um, this listener from Patreon wanted to ask John Jewett, but we didn't get a chance to ask him. And I thought it was a good question. I figured we could all kind of round table it here. He said, my question is for John is that sometimes after leg day, I'm completely trashed. Sometimes I'm trashed for a few days. Um, I'm talking, I'm talking mentally, I'm talking even mentally, it takes some time to recover. Any tips on how to reduce this and still maximize gains? I often do legs on Saturday, and then I'm stuck on the couch uh, all day and even struggle to do chores like laundry and groceries.
3: So, what's the problem? <laughs> I mean, as long as he's recovered by the next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Sounds Is like he growing? I mean, this yeah, is the question. Know.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, as long as he's recovered by the leg next sessions, time he legs. Like, yeah, I think back to some of the leg sessions me and Nate had, like, over the years. <laughs> I went home and I laid directly on the couch for the rest of the day. I don't know how yeah. he drove the two hours back home, but I know he was on the couch <laughs> when he got home. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, 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 like you said, what's the problem? Like, are you growing? We got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to get inside of yeah. the head of the listeners, and I do feel like there is an attitude of like, we don't need to do that. That's that, that, those are the old ideas, and yeah. that you can still grow legs just like Nate's without training <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, there I is mean, a, a happy long, medium, I guess. That's what, and that's yeah. what I'm kind of jokingly
2: getting at here. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess the, the, something worth considering is like, what else is going on in your week? Like how many rest days are you taking? Like what's, what's your recovery, mm-hmm. you know, side of things look like, you know, are, are you on top nutrition? of that? I mean, but really like, yeah, how's your nutrition, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I would say at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're recovered and ready to go for your next leg day, like suck it up. <laughs>
0: You guys ever get like a cold sweat after you after you've trained, like where your skin just gets like icy cold, and you just feel like you can't eat for like two hours? You really can't think either.
1: Yeah, you're stuck in fight or flight. Yeah, you ever get that though? You're in sympathetic oh yeah you're in sympathetic drive like and it's not smart to eat until that feeling goes away because your parasympathetic nervous system isn't ready to accept that meal and digestion's not going to happen properly so that's why like remember years ago it was always like you have a 30 minute anabolic window so you gotta have your protein (laughs) shake and your 80 grams of carbs or whatever within minutes as soon as you get done training but and like you know i fell victim to that when i was in high school and college and you know I'd throw it or, or have diarrhea like, you know, 20 minutes later because the <laughs> body's not accepting that meal, you know. Yeah. And now I think, I think it's fi- we, most of us use intra-workout nutrition now. So we've kind of taken that, that post-workout window and moved it into that training slot yeah. without with kind of in a way of tricking your body into accepting that nutrition without turning in, turning on the parasympathetic uh, nervous system. So I think, like, it's fine to wait, you know. I think most – I'm an hour, hour and 20 minutes after I get out of the gym when I eat my post-workout most days now.
0: Yeah. I, I found that when I've reduced the volume that I have done better. I think that in the past I, I would just go for hours and hours on legs specifically. And then every leg day, that's how I would feel. And I did find like you guys were saying, like a, finding a balance or a happy medium in there. I think that I think that I did need to back down a little bit. I hesitate to tell anybody to ever back down though. <laughs>
1: I mean, if he can't eat his meals throughout the day, if it's affecting him that bad, then he's not yeah. going to grow. He's not going to recover from it. Um, I don't know. I'll say, like, you know, the hardest leg workouts I have, I'm sore for, like, five, six days later. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's. I, don't, I just kind of accept that.
0: Well, I guess suck it up. That's the answer. <laughs> so, well, okay. Wait, wait, okay. He, wait, okay. Wait,
1: give him something <laughs> actionable. Make sure
0: you're, you know, if you're not using intra workout nutrition,
1: I would try an intra workout product, carbs and aminos. Uh, if your nutrition as a whole is lacking, I would really look into that, or hire one of us to help you out with that. Um, and then the third thing I would do is experiment with pulling down your volume slightly, and maybe if you are doing like four sets to failure um, on say a leg press, maybe experiment with like a, a heavy set and a back off set. You know. I, this actually reminds me, I was making a, a reel the other day for Mountain Dog Site mm-hmm. where Dave Tate was talking about some of his uh, his leg workout, workouts with John over the years. And he was talking about, you guys familiar with the upset that he used to do?
0: I'm not sure. Where yeah.
1: you're on the leg press and you do like two or three warm-up sets with like three or four plates, nothing. And then the, you do the work set where you do six reps with four plates and you got two partners and they throw a plate on without locking the, locking the, um, the weight. You just barely lock your knees out, throw a plate on, six more reps. Throw Ooh. another plate on each side, six more. So you try to get at least thirty-six, maybe even up to forty-eight reps. Holy okay. shit! All right, so so that's a killer thing, right? Like, yeah, you get done that, and he's like, he's like, so yeah, you know, I, that was like one of the most intense things we ever did. So I'm like, all right, let's. We're getting ready to move to the hack squat. He goes, oh no. He goes we were going to do that three, four more times because that just wasn't a John. John was going to do that four times until we were obliterated (laughs) into the ground. So I guess my point with saying this is that like, if you think your leg days are pretty intense, there's, there's people out there doing some more intense shit and recovering from it. Mm. And John could recover from it. Dave could recover from it, but that was from years of building up that volume and intensity. So maybe he's just not, he's just not at that, uh, that level where he's recovering from that volume and intensity yet. Maybe he needs to back off a little bit and then slowly build himself up.
0: That's good. I like that. Actionable. Andrew Berry with actionable <laughs> advice. Um, How about uh, how to combat waist issues? Uh, wide obliques. Uh, he says lower back fat, Oof. stubborn, um, lifelong, distended belly. No digestion issues, just my natural structure.
1: There's a couple different things in there, like lower back fats different than the gut gut distension or wide waist because of oblique structure so you know like lose body fat for one thing if that's you know if if you want to have like a smaller appearing waist Mm -hmm. lose some lower back fat um but then i i'm big on the vacuums and i'm sure my clients are sick of me talking about it not because i really think it it shrinks your waist but i think it helps you train your abdominal wall to make the appearance of a smaller
0: waist and control it on stage you know
1: that's we well, even even not in on stage. I'm talking about just standing around, sure, in, at the gym or at the beach or not that like you're doing a vacuum while you're standing there because people are walking by. But I'm just saying like your natural structure to keep your
0: abdominal cavity tighter, basically. Yeah. You know, I noticed mine got yeah. weak having my lung issues. That it it feels better to belly breathe, and if I try to keep my stomach in, and and I think my lungs are improving now. Like over the last six. 16 months or whatever but um I found though that I was like huh my stomach's really sticking out a lot more than it used to and I think that that was why because I just let it hang out to belly breathe all the time you know
3: yeah well I do like waist trainers too not necessarily to shank their waist but to keep you conscious of keeping your abs tight you know what I mean especially as you get older it gets harder to keep that in um so just having that mindfulness throughout the day you know what I mean? With a waist trainer to keep that, you're keeping your core tight. You know what I mean? Um, goes a long ways. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I made a video on like a vacuum training protocol, um, during my contest prep that it was, it was kind of like 15 seconds on 15 seconds off of holding it in different positions. And, uh, that definitely made the, the most dramatic difference in my posing, first of all. And, you know, Oh, just daily endurance and being able to keep things tight, you know, but yeah, vacuums for sure were huge for that. You know, what's funny on that note with like the
1: vacuums and like the waist trainers, I see like some Instagram personalities um, for some reason, I think Lane Norton comes to mind, but I, I, I might be completely off base here because he's always like calling out things as fallacies or, or whatnot. But there seems to be this trend talking about how like vacuums are a waste of time and waist trainers are a waste of time. But, I mean I can only go off anecdotal stuff that I've seen and and you know I've seen people make some dramatic improvements on stage and just standing there in their general posture um using these techniques so
2: It oh. was funny. Yeah, I, I definitely anecdotal on my end but yeah it was it was huge I mean, like yeah it's huge. And I mean they they suck like vacuums are hard as hell to do like <laughs> yeah those are the things that you know we should be doing and you don't want to, you
1: know, we Tanya. should do like a, a contest, like, like post vacuums after
2: a cheat meal. Oh, God. Like watch everybody throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would cramp, first of all, and like deep in my abs and then just want to pass out.
0: Like <laughs> that Tanya Miller had said uh, with how much humans reference the beach, aliens would expect us to be at the beach a lot more. Which is kind of true. <laughs> I'm never at the beach. I <laughs> you guys.
1: Well, I was thinking like situations where yeah. you have your shirt off. We say or, that all the know, time. Not, you know what I mean? You're not just gonna like let it hang out. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not dad bought in it yet. You know?
0: We're like all the time though. Like I'll reference. I'll be like, you know, like if you just want to cut up to look good at the beach. I'm never at the fucking beach. Who, who are these I people know. at the beach? Well, you know why? Because <laughs> I, live I live a two miles say- from
2: from Lakeshore, and it's like. I never go there. (laughs) Well, you
0: only have like a month in Chicago where it's warm. And then after that, it's like just windy and ice. (laughs) I I feel like a lot
1: of our non-competitor clients, like when they, on the intake form, they'll say like, you know, I want to look good at the beach this summer. I want, they they use that term, you know? It's
0: true. Oh, I missed a message from Scott here. He was with us. He said Mountain Dog 2.0 for the win.
1: And Scott, I think, helped out on a lot of the eBooks and whatnot. Uh, yeah, within with the programming with the
0: 2.0. Yeah, we had another question in here. Okay, David Johnson, not Johnston. Johnson. He says, oh, um, when dealing with elevated E2 during prep, is there any benefit in using a and a or just a higher dose of rainy? Rainy. rainy. Was uh, he talking about like
1: Relox Was he trying to write relaxifin or something?
0: I don't know. Oh wait. It says uh, Aramidex. So, he, okay, so he's saying, should he, would there be a benefit of, of combining Aromacin with Arimedex versus just using more ramidex?
1: Is he saying he's getting his labs tested? I'm sorry, can you throw the first part of the question up? Yeah, yeah, up yeah.
0: Hold on, let me find it here. Okay. He um, just says, when dealing with elevated E2 during prep, is there any benefit?
1: I guess I would ask, how do you know it's elevated? Like, are you are you getting bloods done and seeing that it's elevated after just using a Rimidex and it's making you think, hey, is my Rimidex dose not high enough or do I need to use a suicide or, um you know, aromasin with it? Um, typically, no, not in my experience, I think. I, I, and sometimes I, what I'm leading with is I don't think it's an estrogen issue that maybe he thinks is an estrogen issue. You know what I mean? Unless he has like some clinical like you know blood work that shows that,
0: yeah, maybe he's using a lot of tests or something. But but at the end of the day, like just more Remedex. I mean, if it were the case, I don't see a benefit in using the two personally.
3: I mean, I don't know about you guys. But I try using to... Novodex with the Remedex.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and I and I prefer that towards the end of the end of the prep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Last last four weeks, absolutely. But yeah. But uh what was I gonna say? Something about the remedex. Uh and I lost it, sorry.
0: I remember we used to I, just slam in a bunch of Electro with it. Regardless. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> say
1: I I I was gonna I was gonna say is that I, I like to try to use as little of a or Romacin as possible. Like I'll lower the test before I'm going to jack someone up on tons of, more so because I'm scared about their health. You know, I know it's a short term, you know, prep wise, but I want to try to make sure that they're as healthy as possible. And man, like when I see some of these coaches' plans that are like Letro <laughs> and Aromasin or Letro and Arimidex and Noveldex, I'm like, Whoa. yeah, like, like, you know what I mean? No wonder your fat loss is stalled, you know, because <laughs> um, you do need a healthy level of estrogen
2: to burn fat.
0: I, I yeah that was my it.
2: thought was like is he experiencing any side effects like did he even mm. mention that he's experiencing any issues with it because like if it's relatively you know higher than what he arbitrarily wants and you're not getting side effects like uh, who cares like it's gonna help keep your hdl a little higher it's gonna yeah. keep your well, uh, what, I, what i find is like other working properly
1: athletes will get their bloods done and let's say their estradiol is like a point over or it's even like on the high end of normal and they're like oh my estrogen's too high and I'm like no <laughs> like you're in a normal range like we don't want to quote-unquote crash this until like the last couple of days if it's a drying out type thing you know what I mean it's it's and honestly like I think my best look I had my labs done a week before and my estradiol was actually a little high and, like, I talked it over with John, and I'm like, do you think I need to throw in a little extra more Arimidex or whatever? And he's like, no, like, look at you. Like, why would we mess with that? That high normal is good for you.
2: So, Yeah, I feel like a lot more, a lot more coaches are coming around to thinking that maybe estrogen isn't something that we should be crushing because it can help hold more water in the muscle, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, just I, I feel better, too. For you know? the record, like, I'm not yeah. a, a – I don't coach competitive people, so um, that's not really my wheelhouse so much. Well, The other thing I notice, like if an athlete, if
1: we're like using like very low trend and other compounds and they're like, man, I can't sleep. And then I find out they are taking more of an AI than I've asked them to take or that I think they should be taking. A quick fix to that is like, OK, let's cut that AI dose in half. And usually you'll see mm-hmm. that they get better sleep, too.
0: Oh, shit. So he did have labs. E two was one sixty eight. I wonder if his Arimidex is real. Yeah, that's my, Yeah, yeah,
2: my
1: yeah your
2: Arimidex is not good <laughs> yeah.
1: because either that or you're just like that one in a million outliers that do actually need more. Yeah, that's crazy high. High. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's huh, that's so. that's quite high. And <laughs> I'd make it. Uh, I'd be curious what his testosterone dose is if his estrogen's that high. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I'm thinking that it's not real.
0: I would have to think so too, or or under I remember, I remember a, um, a research company that was, of course, really good at first, and then months down the road, you know, everybody that I worked with who was using it just started getting higher and higher estrogen, and we just needed to use a little bit more every week, <laughs> a little bit more ADEX. Uh, he says he was on aromasin at the time, a doctor. Coach switched to oh. a rem. Doctor and coach switched to a Remedex. So, so then
1: that kind sense. of makes it sound like it's pharmaceutical. If the doctor, yeah. like right. like he was using farm grade. So, yeah, that's interesting. What's his test level? What what, or what was his um? What what was he taking for testosterone? And what was his test levels when he when he? I assume he got those checked at the same time.
0: Wait a second. There's another plot twist. Um, do believe I, I had bogus test at that time? Switched it also. I don't know what's happening here now. That's, yeah. All right, so David, <laughs> if you could list, like, was it was this it farmer's consultation? <laughs> that's what he needs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. Give us all the details. Yeah, that's I crazy. Think, I
0: think that's all the questions I had in the bank. Well, if here he had too.
1: bogus tests though, and his estradiol was still that high, yeah, I don't get that. That's, that's, yeah. This is a conundrum. That's,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's above my pay grade. This is multifaceted. <laughs> There's weird. A, lot, yeah. a lot going on here. <laughs>
1: like, was the testosterone actually estrogen that you were injecting? <laughs> 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 multifaceted, weird. I like that. There was there was a coach <laughs> on a podcast a couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember his name. He was talking about he 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 was very fringy, and he was talking about how he would have his clients take in uh, estrogen. Uh, I can't remember if it was if it was during the post contest recomp phase or a uh, uh, po- you know post show phase or if it was in the off season, but
0: huh.
1: I, I don't know. I, I thought about it for a while and I was like, nah, I just don't see the benefit unless they're subclinical uh you know, estradiol on the board work. So
0: <laughs> And you're talking uh, men, I assume. I'm talking men, yeah. Okay. I know that they they give estrogen to cattle, as you know, part of their their whole, whole fat month. protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, yeah. and I want to say that yeah. there was some early talk Victoria's told me about where it it they used it for anabolic purposes a long, long time ago, but I can't remember that offhand.
1: I feel like there's a reason why we don't do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good
0: reason. <laughs> Although I will say this, I remember crushing estrogen to the point where like. I just was so it it really, I would say, was a big part of what made that last four weeks of contest prep as as hard as they were. You know, 400 pro (laughs) from lab underground lab tested, showed 270 switch supplier and to a Remedex and have improved since. Hmm. Well, anyway,
1: maybe show us the labs next time uh on on next podcast uh share share with us what those those new labs uh with the new the new uh source are providing for you. That would be And interesting. there's your answer.
0: So that's all our questions. Uh Chase, do you when you go on to your live stream, do you ever go on with a plan like, "Hey, we're going to get into this tonight," or do you just wait? Do you just hang out there and wait and find out what's going on?
2: Well, usually people are pretty quick to start throwing stuff up so like usually when i start it, because like so before i got into doing live streams i spent most of my time making videos that were more like a lifestyle vlog kind of thing just like showing my day and what i do and stuff i saw like some that. of that so, stuff
0: i saw you building a gym yeah, that was I, the first video i watched of yours
2: yeah yeah <laughs> so it, instead of that now i i start my live stream with talking about you know what's been going on for you know since i was on yesterday and you know my training and stuff like that and as i'm talking about that stuff the the chat will start filling with uh, questions and then once i run out of you know random stuff to talk <clears> about or or like different emails that i get that i think are important to talk about i'll I'll start with those and then by the time i'm done usually i've got a, a full chat of whatever questions and then we'll just go from there so
0: oh yeah that's cool you know. As like I said, as uh, vigorous Steve said, you're the only bodybuilder streaming <laughs> regularly on YouTube, which is pretty badass, man. It's good. Welcome to the future. It's this fun. The future of bodybuilding, right here. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we didn't get enough training questions today. I don't know what you guys think. I feel like we had a lot of lot of drug heavy questions. We need like we need more training <laughs> questions next time.
2: Training questions.
0: Training questions for Andrew. <laughs> First cycles, all right. Well, anyway, we we appreciate everybody hanging out with us. And Chase, I appreciate you coming on to hang out with us here, man. This is uh, it was fun to finally get to meet you.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Anytime. This was this was great, and it was uh, yeah, nice to uh, online officially meet uh, you guys as well. I've been watching for a really long time, and you know, following you guys. Uh, It was awesome seeing you two turn pro within the last. It was the last year, right? Like. That's uh yeah. 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 it's it's cool to be here. So right Nate, yeah, I'll definitely check cool. out some of your YouTube stuff.
3: <laughs> What's that, yeah, Andrew?
2: Thanks. Yeah.
1: I said, Nate's a real pro, though. I'm I'm a I'm a master's. They should put like a little M
0: next to it. <laughs> come on, hey man, on, it
2: still now. counts. Like I'm I, I just turned 35, so well, I'm I I'm eyeballing that masters division too. I'm like, hell oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, also, no, uh, you know, we were at a wedding this weekend, and and I was with uh, my good buddy Justin Randall, and like we get into like these deep conversations, and like one the topic was like. You know, people that turn pro, like, in the 65 class, because there is that that category. And then they get to walk yeah. on stage. We're talking about bikini in general, because Rachel's a bikini pro. And uh, we're talking about, like, he was like, well, what do you feel about that? Like, a chick who turned 65, and, or you know, she beat, like, two other women that just decided to diet for a couple of weeks to get into that class to get a pro card. Yeah. and And, like, I think he was surprised, because I was like, uh, honestly, I wouldn't – I would be okay if they got rid of the Masters pro card. Like, I – I'd be cool without it. You know what I mean? Like, because there's very few outliers of like John Meadows, Josh Wade, who they could have turned pro in the Open, and they should have. You know, at some point during their mm-hmm. careers, and then they kept on improving, and they placed top three, top two, even winning pro yeah. shows. So I do think there's a big difference that once you get to that Masters category of the talent level, and it's very different than the Open. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
2: for sure.
0: We got uh, Rachel's competing again next week, isn't she? Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, we got the Pittsburgh Pro. Yeah, it'll be probably the toughest. It'll be like the Olympia 2.0 because okay. the only person not doing yeah. it is uh, um, what's her name? The one the Olympia, uh Jen Dory. So, oh, okay. All the top Janet Legs coming out of retirement. Um, you know, you got all the old, the regular characters that are there. So, That'll be a hell of a show then. Yeah.
0: That'll be good. Yeah, good
1: yeah, I mean, you you to see you her coach kids, her, kids, right?
2: right, you coach your wife. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> The whole time since 2000, uh, she turned pro in 2017. And I think this is our 14th or 15th pro show now. So, yeah, that's, uh I feel like that would be really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> People always, but I think it like, I mean, well, Nate knows how I am as a coach. So you, it's like, it's not, uh, you guys
3: are a unique. You guys are a unique couple though. Yeah, but I mean like, you can tell her how it is and she can take it. <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah, but I mean, neither one of think. us are complimentary
1: <laughs> towards each other like it's like man you look okay, like even when you look like your best ever, you know like we can we're very um we're not like hyperbole or hyperbolic to each other, like oh, you look amazing, like you're gonna win the whole you know what I mean we're very realistic, um yeah, and we can evaluate physiques very well on each other so yeah she she coaches too. Uh no, um honestly, I I really wanted her to get into it because I, she has honestly. So Nate's been there when like she'll be sitting there and she'll literally pick out like the first call out before the judges call them at all the national shows for huh. bodybuilding classic like top pro shows. So she's got the eye, you know.
0: We should get okay. her to do a breakdown with us one day. Then she'd be great at that. <laughs> honestly,
1: like in. in you know all the terminology, dry, full. You know he needs he needs to get those calves up or whatever. You know whatever it might be, she can break the body parts down with
3: the best of us.
0: Oh, so Nate, you're off season now and you're off everything.
3: Yeah, well, I'm that? on TRT, but yeah, yeah, 300 megs test.
0: How's that going That's for it? you? How's the how's the off season treating you?
3: Good man, I still look really tight, um, full. I'm like 260 right now, so we're taking it like you so know it's- not not rushing anything. Was Send it? him
1: that picture that uh you sent me last week with the most muscular. Send him that picture later on. Uh yeah. And and maybe Im- embed it in this episode, I think. All right. Users yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> listeners want to see it. It's it's pretty freaky. Nice. <laughs>
0: nice. I look forward to seeing that.
3: All right. Yeah, I'm going to go. so crazy.
0: Nice, man. I'm glad to hear uh-huh. it. I'm looking forward to seeing uh where things go next. Is there anything in particular you're working on in the off season this year? Like anything you're like, "Man, I got to bring this up."
3: Yeah, like Terry's uh, lower lat area, like just for mainly the back double bicep pose. Okay. Now we're getting really critical here, you know what I mean? So um, obviously overall mass, you know, not like a bunch, but, you know, to, to get a little bigger to hang with the big boys, you know? I like it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go eat some food. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody in the live feed. Uh, check out TrueNutrition.com. Use our code Think. Check out Chase Irons over there on the YouTube's. We'll have. We'll be able to like. I think we can just like link you right in the thing on YouTube, and people can just click right on your name and they'll go watch but watch this first finish watching this first and of course go over to bodyberry.com you guys can check out andrew over there reach out for to him for some coaching uh go over to instagram i've got uh, nate's link below and then reach out to me mcnally diets at gmail appreciate you guys we'll see you soon